We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Indiana Pacers. Reggie from the wing. to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! Eight seconds to play. Seven. Here's a three by Oladipo. Oh, right. He hit it! Victor Oladipo from three-point range. 18.7 seconds left. Miller for three. And he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray and a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to episode five of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me, as always, the leader of the Jermaine O'Neal fan club, my man, Mike Focci. Mike, what's up? Nothing much. A lackluster start is still uh, the same amount of wins combined as the Oklahoma City Thunder, Los Angeles Lakers, and the Washington Wizards. So, I got a lot more I could complain about than that. (laughs) Yes, sir. And joining us on the other line is the insider and the coach, Tyler Smith. Tyler, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be here. Best day of the week, talking pace for basketball. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's distracting me right now is that Cubs sweatshirt you're wearing. I mean, really? <laughs> you got to talk about the Cubs? Come on now. The baseball season's <laughs> over. Yeah, it's warm, though. It's nice. <laughs> well, we, we saw the Pacers go 2-1. and one. Uh, You guys predicted that they would lose to San Antonio and beat Portland and Cleveland, but I'm pretty sure that I predicted that they would beat San Antonio and Cleveland and lose to Portland, which was what happened. So it looks like I'm one and one right there with Tyler for first place. Fachi, zero and two in predictions. How are you going to come back this week? Gotta have a gotta have a strong comeback, which I'll uh, I'll save towards the end. But I'm feeling this is my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it seems like that would be the distributive property or whatever that property is. Uh, it would make sense for you to be up this week to win. So as far as these three games went, we don't want to harp too much on what happened because you know we we all watch the games, we've all heard recaps, but. 
Are there any takeaways that you're hearing, Tyler, from fans that you'd like to bring to the table? Well, I, I mentioned this last week. The hot takes were, were crazy online um, before this week. They kind of died down a little bit, as you would expect, with some wins there uh, on the road. And then, uh, you know, just kind of like how Twitter is, they, they crept back up after the loss to Portland. Um, but what's crazy is, it, it, you know, if the Pacers go 4-3 and three all season long, that's pretty much exactly where they were last year. It just, you know, when it's a small sample size and I don't know if fans kind of, I don't know if they were expecting – more at this point in the season, maybe another win or so. Um, but if you go four and three all year, you're going to win 47 games and be right in the mix. So uh, I just don't think we know what we have from this team yet. I think it's far too early. And so uh, when it comes to the hot takes on that side of things, I think fans need to slow their roll a little bit. And, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of time to see what this team has. And can we can we really say there's been a bad loss? Because I think if you look at the teams they've lost to, they're all pretty – pretty good teams yeah i would agree i mean that's what i'm saying that maybe you want to win one of the three that they lost uh to go to five and two but you know it's they've taken care of um, what they've needed to take care of so far and you know um some of the hot takes i've seen is they can't be good teams i mean it's way too early for that they're going to beat <laughs> some good teams yeah fachi what you got what'd you what'd you see from this week the most common theme that I keep seeing is if we're shooting the three ball so well, why aren't we doing it more? And it, it, it makes sense to an extent. Sure, we're never going to be the Houston Rockets, but it's been pretty evident that we're shooting a great percentage from three-point land that you wouldn't mind seeing it fly a little bit more. Am I right? I agree. And, hey, the Pacers got Ty Lue fired last week, so that's a, that's a good thing, <laughs> that too. we did. Yeah, we did. And then – um and so I guess my hot take, watching last night's game, it was a little frustrating. The bench of Portland obviously just trounced our bench. I think that was the big thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like our bench somewhat is reliant too much on Sabonis and his production. I would like to see more of the other guys get involved. Tyreek, you know, he had a nice game in San Antonio, but it's pretty much those two guys carrying the load. And I'd like to see more from McDermott. And as far as TJ Leaf, uh, if we see less of him, I'd be happy. I know that's a little bit of a common hot take, but I really like Thad Young with that second unit, and I wouldn't even be mad if we saw more O'Quinn instead of TJ Leaf. I agree. I agree with you there as well. I mean, Kyle O'Quinn, sure, it's it's like I mentioned last week, his purr is just through the roof. He's just someone you, you got to find some minutes for, maybe five minutes, ten minutes. I wouldn't mind giving some of those four to five minutes that Leaf played yesterday. Give him to Kyle O'Quinn. Why not? I mean, and if you look at it, Swanigan and, you know, Myers Leonard and um, Zach Collins, who just killed us, those are all big boys. I don't understand why Kyle O'Quinn wasn't in there, you know, banging up in the post with those guys. You know, I mean, TJ Leaf's not the answer to be banging in the post. And, you know, I just feel like I'd like to see more of that combination of O'Quinn and Sabonis. Tyler? Yeah, especially a night like last night when uh, you mentioned the big bodies, but when it's a night when the when the uh, second unit just looks off, like something's just not right, you got to mix it up somehow. Do something different, you know. Put an energy high energy guy in there and see what happens. And you know, sometimes that's all all the second unit would need is a little bit of a spark. And uh, all they had to do was just not get killed, and the Pacers would have won that game because the starters were doing pretty well for most part. I gotta say, I mean, it, it was a shame to get just eaten alive on the boards last night to see 
you know, Zach Collins having a career game, Caleb Swanigan having a career game, a double-double off the bench in under 20 minutes. It's just stuff that you got to find an answer. you got to make adjustments for. And the sad thing is, is Damian Lillard was on fire coming into this game, and the Pacers did a pretty good job against him. And it's just a shame to, to still lose by 10. It's a shame to lose overall. But, man, we really held our own against uh, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard and to walk out without a win, especially at home. It's it's just a shame. Yeah, Evan Turner once again came in the Bankers Life Fieldhouse and torched the Pacers. Uh, it's, it's one of the most sickening things that I have to watch because, you know, the other 81 games that he plays, he's, you know, pretty average. But against us, he seems to always go off. And I think... My only thing from the starters, you know, I thought Miles was a lot more aggressive in last night's game. I thought he played a lot better. But one thing that really was driving me nuts is, you know, we saw Oladipo score like 12 points straight in the fourth quarter. I want to see more of Oladipo doing that in the first quarter, setting the tone, taking the ball, and quit being so passive. I feel like he's looking for guys too much. And I know Collison played pretty well last night, but for me personally – I don't want Collison to be my number one scoring option on offense. If he's like number three or four, I'm fine with that. I think you want Bojan and Victor to get going as early as possible because those are your biggest threats. And for me, I'd like to see more of Oladipo getting getting into that rhythm that he got in the fourth quarter early on, just so that he can kind of help carry that first you know first unit load. Especially like you said, Fachi, Damian and CJ were not playing good last night. So I mean, that first quarter was dreadful. Yeah, and he's got to pick his spots, too, because, I mean, if there's a night when everybody's clicking, then sure, you can distribute and get your teammates involved. But when everybody's kind of flat and not hitting anything, you know, that's the time you want your guy to take over. And I think uh, more times than not, he will. But I agree, he was a little too passive at the beginning. Um, Really, their one good spark of the game in the second quarter, um, he was getting to the rim and and getting guys involved in in a less passive way, more aggressive way. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. While the nine assists against the Spurs over the week, that was great. And Oladipo led us in assists yesterday. I don't know if I want him continuously leading us in assists. I, I want him to be aggressive scoring the ball. Sure, you want him to be able to, to set up teammates when, when opportunities arise. But I just think thus far I would like if we can get Collison to get those assists up a little bit more. And uh, just speaking of Miles Turner, started off the game, I thought in the first half, pretty good. But kind of saw him disappear a little bit on offense and you're just really waiting for that that breakthrough dominant performance by miles turner some games have dictated for him to come out a little bit earlier due to blowouts but i still want to see that eruption and i I think honestly it's kind of hard for miles to get into an offensive rhythm when you have oladipo when you have Carlson, when you have bullion he's not the offense is not running through turner i mean if you're really watching the games it's it's not running through him now with the second unit the the ball is running through Tyreek and Sabonis so Sabonis is you know getting more touches in less minutes than Miles Turner now I know Turner's probably got more field goal attempts overall uh, this season because he's playing more minutes but I'm saying as far as the offense being ran for him they really don't run a whole lot for him so I don't know if that's going to help if they do run more for him I'm not saying that's a big deal or not but uh, with that being said I just feel like it's hard for him to me to get aggressive when he's not actively involved on offense. So Tyler, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's like you said, there there's 
where the starting unit or the second unit, um, guys that are um, what they run through, um, Turner, you know, if if he, if he wants to be the Lamarcus Aldridge type, you know, all the all the teams that Aldridge has played for, they've made sure uh, to run offense through him, and it's not necessarily just give him the ball and get out of the way, but they've got some actual plays where you get him in the low post at times, you get him in the high post at times, you're on pick and roll at times. It's not just the same thing over and over. So I think uh, McMillan can be. You know, a little more. What's the word I'm looking for? A um, little more innovative uh, on offense, and because uh, some people say it's an aggressive thing with Turner, and it is a little bit. But part of it too would be, you know, you got to run stuff through your man if you want to want to see the results. Yeah. Now I think Tyreek Evans didn't play Saturday night versus the Cavaliers, and he didn't look super good last night against the the Blazers. Obviously, that bench was just pretty pretty woeful against that the Blazers unit. So. As far as Tyreek Evans, with the with the one-game suspension for being late to practice, do you think that had any effect on him at all, Tyler, uh, in last night's game? I think it did. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's getting used to the new team. Um, he's, uh, my understanding was he was late multiple times. I, I heard there was a pretty heated uh, conversation. McMillan was very uh, loud and vocal when he arrived late again. Um, I think, when everything settled down, Tyreek said all the right things. I think he got the memo. I think he's. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again. But you got to think that it, that affects you. I mean, especially might have been better off if he was on the road. Um, but coming home, I mean, the the crowd did give him a nice cheer. But I don't know, just just a little bit out of rhythm. He had one of his other games. So out of the six that he's played, he had four. He's had four good games and double uh, double figures. But um, the other two nights, it was just just not in sync and just kind of out of it. So I do think. Um, you know, the suspension had a little bit of effect on that. Definitely possible that, you know, he wasn't, uh, I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more aggressive last night. It's not like he had a great amount of shot attempts. So it's not really like the shots weren't falling. But, yeah, I was kind of wondering if, if there was maybe if the Pacers did a good job keeping this internally because it did sound like it was being late. I did hear multiple times, as you mentioned. So, you know, it's great that we're holding it to a high standard of this is not going to be allowed because this is kind of that when you, you have big expectations. It's a team, a team that wants to carry themselves like we are going for it all and we all have to buy in and everybody needs to be accountable. So I like it. I, I think the one game uh, suspension by the team, I think that's the right move and I'd be surprised to see it again. I don't think that anyone else is going to be slipping up. Yeah, what do you guys think as far as how he's being used? Uh, you know, maybe if you don't even want to include that game, um, he's getting about twenty minutes a night. Um, I think he's, I think he's too good to be getting that low of minutes. Uh, obviously, his play will dictate a lot, but um, five shot attempts in in two of his games, I I still envision Oladipo and and Evans closing games out. You know, we haven't really seen a close game out of the seven yet. But um, what do you guys think about how he's being used so far? Well, a couple things for me, I'm going to say, I think number one, McMillan has you know his core guys from last year back, so I think that he might just trust them more because of the success he had last year with them, and they know his system, and they know how he handles things, and like you mentioned, Tyler, you said you heard that this wasn't the first time that Tyreek's been late, so if he's been late multiple times, maybe he's in the doghouse a little bit, and I think McMillan might be saying, hey you know what, I'm going to play you because you're good enough, but I'm not going to give you as a, uh, the extended minutes that you want because you haven't proven to me that I can trust you because you've been late. And I think part of him being late and just not holding himself accountable 
uh, with with how the Pacers organization is. He's been part of pretty bad franchises. Sacramento, uh, New Orleans for a little bit. Now Memphis, they've had their ups and downs, but I think right now they're in a transition period, especially last year. So personally for me, I think that it's got a combination of those things, but I, I like the way he's played, especially how he played in San Antonio. He looked really good in that game. I, I would love to see him get more minutes, but you know, like McMillan said, you got to earn it. And don't F with the game was what McMillan said at the beginning of camp this year. And if he feels like Tyreek's messing with it, well, I mean, he's the coach, and whether you like it or not, you gotta you got to abide by the coach's rules. Spachi? Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree to, uh, to the standpoint where I, I trust Nate. Uh, I truly believe that he's trying to, you know, maybe Tyreek really isn't earning more minutes right now. Uh, let's not also forget Darren Collison played really well last night. I, I believe it was probably his best game of the season. Um, so I think that that might have dictated it to an extent uh, a few minutes here or there. Uh, could have gone Tyreek's way if, if um, Collison struggled a little bit, I thought. But I also kind of feel that maybe Tyreek Evans is going to have to sacrifice a little bit more. I mean, maybe this is kind of like he has a great impact for the team, but the stats aren't always going to show it. Of course, last night was not one of those situations, but I would like to see those minutes kind of creep a little bit closer to 25 rather than be around 20. So I, I think this is going to be something where he shapes up knows that, hey, I'm playing for something bigger now. This isn't the, the days in, in Sacramento or, or, or Memphis. This is playing for a team that not only expects to be in the playoffs, but expects to make a run. So it's time you buy in 100%. Yeah, Tyler, what were your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I agree. I would like to see uh, Tyreek uh, more in the 25-minute the range. Um, I will say uh, – Darren Collison was my hot take last week, and he's played a couple good games. So, you, Alex, you may have won the uh, the wins and losses, but uh, <laughs> Collison, at least for a couple games, played better. Um, hopefully, he keeps that up. But yeah, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm looking forward to a close game uh, where we see what I mean. Last night was kind of close, as you know, Oladipo cut it to five there in the final minute, but didn't really feel like a really close game. So, I want to see eventually at this point, you know, eventually down the line, Oladipo and Evans closing games out. Um, we'll see if that ever happens. Yeah, seven games, and they've all been decided by double digits. That's kind of an odd start to a season for sure. Um, but tomorrow night, the Pacers visit Madison Square Garden on ESPN. Now, that's at 8 o'clock, correct? Yep. So we got we got a late start. Uh, we're playing in the Garden, and last year we played in the Garden, and we didn't play too well. Now there is no Porzingis. There's no Kevin Knox. What are your guys' takes? I'll start with you, Fachi, on this Knicks-Pacers game. Now, I might be from New York, but I got no love for the Knicks. And I think that <laughs> I think the nation's going to see it tomorrow when uh, the Pacers come out strong. And just the Knicks are just overmatched. I think they got a very, you know, two cute wins over the, the Hawks and the Nets this year. But it, it's just the team's really young. I think they're really trying to just get everybody to buy in, see what they have there with some young talent, and I just think that this is probably going to be another one of those double-digit games. I think that regardless, being on the road, sometimes the Knicks have played the Pacers good as of late when they shouldn't have, but I think that the Pacers will will get it done in the Garden. I'm saying that they win by anywhere from 8 to 12 points, and uh, it's picking up another road win. Tyler? Yeah, you know, I was looking at this week, you know, the four games before our next show, and this is a really difficult week to predict, I think, because on paper, it looks like the Pacers should win 
the two road games and lose the two home games, but it's the NBA, so that's probably not going to be what in, ends up happening. So I don't know. It's almost like I just want to say I think they're going to go two and two in the next four games. I don't know how it's going to happen, but um, yeah, I do sure. think I do agree. I think they'll win in New York. Um, it's definitely no gimme. I mean, I think the Knicks, um, not the best personnel, but they play hard, as McMillan said uh, today at practice. A uh, little scrappy team. Um, sometimes I feel more confident. It's like I, I might feel more confident after a loss. Like, you know, Indiana came out flat against Portland, so I feel like, all right, New York's going to pay. So, um, trick or treat tomorrow night. I think uh, Pacers are going to uh, treat their fans to a victory. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point you bring up there. They played the 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 Bucks, came back, beat the Nets by twenty. Then they got their butts kicked to them against the, the Timberwolves in that fourth quarter, and came back and spanked the Spurs in San Antonio, which doesn't happen very often. I know this is a different Spurs team, but still, AT and T Center is a tough place to get a win at, and they just completely dominated that game. From start to finish. So I agree with you guys. I think they pull out this win against the Knicks. And they're going to visit the Chicago Bulls in the United Center. And I think the last time they played there was in the preseason. And it was probably the ugliest preseason game of the preseason. They got beat by like 20-some points on ESPN. And do we... Okay, back to the Knicks real quick. Do we think playing on ESPN will cause any problems? Because we saw last year their one nationally televised game throughout the season... Uh, they just kind of played bad after that. So, Tyler, do you think that that'll have any effect this year? Uh, I don't think so. I think um, maybe they're just uh, – they got the bad one out of the way last year, so this year they're going to be ready to go. Yeah. Okay, well, what I are your thoughts on the Bulls, a, Fauci? Oh, the Bulls, there's – I mean, I think we all caught a glimpse of what just happened last night. And I sure, that's the Warriors, but Clay Thompson absolutely torched <laughs> – the Bulls, and so did the Warriors. I mean, 92 points at halftime. That's probably the most I remember ever seeing at halftime. I'm, I'm sure it's probably been done maybe once, maybe twice, but that was very impressive. So anytime you can score over 50 points in under 30 minutes, you deserve that fourth quarter off. So the, the fact that they're without Lloyd Marketing, no Bobby Portis, no Chris Dunn, no problem. Pacers take this one. Uh, I'm I, The way that they're averaging that Bulls are giving up over 120 points per game. I mean, these these numbers are comical. The only team's worse, giving up more, the Lakers and the Wizards. So it, it's, it's another game where, hey, I don't want to say that we blow them out, but they, they know they don't have the, the proper personnel in there right now on the court. So I'm thinking Pacers take this one in uh, another double-digit fashion, maybe about 15-point mm, win for the Pacers. Ooh, nice. Tyler? Well, maybe I should say this. If Fred Hoiberg is still the coach, um, I'll say Pacers will win. <laughs> if they make a change before then, you know, some some teams do well when they make a change. Then it'd be a little little scarier. I don't know. Like I said earlier, this is really tough. I mean, I, I really could see the Pacers dropping one of these two um, just because, I mean, it's tough to win four straight on the road. Um, you know, they may overlook one of these two teams. So I don't know how you guys think I should do this. If if I'm predicting one and one, I guess I have to pick the Bulls to win the game. I don't want to. Oh, it's tough. It's that cut I don't know shirt, if I, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Um, man, it's tough. I Pacers are the better team. They should win the game. Uh, I guess if you have to look at it game by game instead of how the schedule kind of dictates, then I still got to take Indiana, but. Be wary, you know, it's it's uh, very possible to drop one of these two, but I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win. 
Okay, so you're going two and zero right now, going into yeah. Saturday's game against the Celtics. Yeah, no, I think we're all right there, two and zero. I'm not going to put a win uh, amount on. I know Fachi's over there declaring fifteen point blowouts. Uh, you know what? <laughs> but I feel like there's a game that might get close. I felt like that Cleveland game was going to be a little bit closer than it was, and we pulled away in the fourth. So that's kind of how I feel. One of these games might be probably the New York game for me personally. I think we might be a little bit closer than you know we want to be because they just have some guys that can get streaky, but I'm not really worried about the Bulls. I mean, Zach Levine's played really good this year, but, you know, the, the Pacers have got to come out and beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, especially if they want to be, you know, serious contenders in the Eastern Conference. So moving over to Saturday, they come home, and they got the Boston Celtics. I mean, they've had some tough games at home here this week. Um, so playing the Celtics, uh, you know, they've, they've been kind of up and down to start the season, but they're starting to get on a roll here. This is probably where I think the Pacers get another home loss. It's it's not fun to see them lose at home. They always play the Celtics tough, but we saw last year the terrible Bojan play where they lost in that last second steal. And, you know, there's just they played them well in Boston, though. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this matchup goes. But, Tyler, I'll start with you first. Who do you think wins this game? Uh, it's it's again, it's tough to say that you think the Pacers will win a bunch of real games in a row and then lose a bunch of home games in a row. But I think that's what could be setting up here. Um, I do think it'll be close, but it's really tough to pick against Boston. I, I kind of wish they played Milwaukee on Friday instead of Thursday, but they will have a day off in there. Um, pretty tough schedule for them. Uh, this week they play Detroit, Milwaukee, and then us, but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take Celtics in a close game. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one to predict, but that's what I'll go with. Yeah, man, I got to say, coming off the back-to-back, I'm kind of leaning Boston in this. You know, can't be biased any bit longer. Uh, Boston leads the league in uh, giving up just, just a hair over 96 points per game, something that's very impressive when some teams are giving up about 120 a game, some even more. Um, I, I think that the fact that we're coming off on a back-to-back, and this is still, you know, Boston, the the team that they're looking like the they're going to represent the East in, in the the finals once it's all coming done, once it's all said and done. I, I'm thinking that this is the first close game of the year where I see Boston by about four, and and the worst part is is I think it's going to come down to a couple missed free throws early on. I think this is finally the game that we lose because of free throws and. Hopefully it's something that pays off uh, down the line. Like I said, uh, I, I see Boston by four. Now let me ask you guys this, just to kind of get get your thoughts on this. Now, Tyler, you brought up that they're playing the Bucks. That'll be on TNT Thursday night around 8 o'clock. It's in Boston. Would we rather the Celtics win that game or would we rather them lose that game? Because I feel like if they win that game, they might be a little bit uh, high on themselves, a little bit overconfident, and that might give them a little bit of weakness. Now if they lose that game – the the next game they'll play is against us, so I think they'd be ready to get some revenge. So as for me, I think beating the the Bucks and giving the Bucks them their first loss would be a huge help for the Pacers on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree. Plus, you know, I think um, right now the Pacers are probably most concerned first with the division and then the conference, and so they would like to see Milwaukee get a loss or two so they can you know hang around and. Um, not fall too far behind so that would be kind of a double win boston gets a win then they have to travel you know gets gives milwaukee a loss and then hopefully uh maybe a little overconfident saturday night although with brad stevens that's a that's a tough thing to do to get too overconfident <laughs> yeah for sure Fachi, you got any thoughts on that 
Um, yeah, I mean, a- anytime you could uh, have the advantage of being overlooked, you know, why not take it? Uh, I think that the Celtics are that team that is starting to come around. I mean, it's kind of weird seeing them lose to Orlando Magic early in the year, but I'm not really buying into that. Uh, I-, I think that, hey, we'll take any advantage we can get. It's great that we're home. Still feel that, that Boston uh, has the edge here. But also one thing to note, the Pacers are giving up the second fewest points per game in the league at just under 103. So could be a defensive matchup. Uh, that almost seems a little comical now. The Celtics <laughs> only scoring a little over 100 points per game makes it seem like it's about uh, 2003 right now. But just, uh, you know, we got to grit and grind as, as if we're the Grizzlies and hope that it's a close game and hopefully <laughs> we can close them out with the defense. Yeah, you guys think we should start a – sorry about that, Alex. You guys we think we should start a, start a petition – um, and say, can we, when there's back-to-backs in the NBA, can both teams be on the back-to-back? I mean, is it that difficult? <laughs> it's just such an advantage for one team to be on the back-to-back and the other team to have rest, but it's always always bum me out. But, you know, what are you going to do? Right, right, right. Now, we're going to move into the fourth game of this week. And the Pacers play quite a bit of games before we talk next Tuesday. So it's an interesting week, though, because they will be playing the Rockets twice in six days, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of that, but... As far as the as far as the Pacers and the Rockets go, uh, the Rockets are one and four, and they're not playing good basketball right now. I know Chris Paul was suspended for a couple of games because of their fight. In all seriousness, with with the Rockets coming in here on Sunday, the Pacers did not play them well last year. Uh, that probably was the team that dominated us the most out of any team in the NBA. So that's a tough one for me. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Rockets to win that one, even though they've been struggling. But I think there's a chance that we can make it closer than it was last year. Bocci? Yeah, I mean, there. it's pretty evident. There is a panic going on in Houston. They are not off to the start that they wanted. And, I mean, with these Jimmy Butler trade rumors going around, talking about offering four picks, I mean, it's obvious that panic has set in. I still think that Houston is super talented. Um, but, you know what, if, if, if we're going to lose, I think if there's one thing we can gain by potentially losing – to Boston, it's coming out strong and upsetting the Rockets. I, I think that now's the time to strike. It, clearly, there's problems going on there, defensive issues, and I'm calling upset. I'm calling Pacers win it. It's going to be a close game. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, what you got? I like it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to uh, give Fachi the chance here uh, to win the week because if I, you know, if I say the same thing as he does the whole all four games. Um, he can't win, so I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Houston reluctantly again. I just think uh, I just think Pacers are going to go two and two in the next four. Not positive how they get there, but I think that'll be the case. Um, kind of what you said though. Then if they come off a couple losses, then they'll be ready to go against Philadelphia. But uh, we'll talk about that one next week. But I'll go with uh, Houston in a close one. Alrighty, so we got Fachi going three and one with the loss to the Celtics. We got me and Tyler going two and two with losses to Boston and Houston. So we'll see if Fachi, if it is his week or not. Um, anybody else got anything to say before we um, jump off here? Yeah, just a, a couple little things that I was looking at. Um, sure, at four and three, obviously with the the big expectations this year, we were hoping for a, a better start, but. Hey, things could be a lot worse. But what I thought was really interesting was that Pacers are third in the league in 
efficient field goal percentage. I mean, behind just Golden State and undefeated Milwaukee. So great start over there, but there's also a couple little things that we can work on. They're also ranked last in three-pointers taken per game, last in free throws taken per game, and last in pace per game. Sure, we're never going to be the sons of the middle 2000s or the seven seconds or less offense, but there's a couple little things that if we can work on, this could be a really good team poised for a run. Tyler, how about you? Yeah, I think uh, the other day at practice they were trying to play a three-point knockout and they kept coming into 17 feet range for some reason. I don't know why that's the case, but I mean, it, it just it's just crazy how many 17-foot jumpers they're taking. But um, I will say is my takeaway, um, you know, the, the locker room after a loss uh, is quite different than it used to be a couple years ago. I mean, a couple years ago it was like everybody quiet off to themselves and then you'd wait for like, 45 minutes for Paul George to get an ice bath and then come back and talk and then blame somebody for the loss. Um, that oh, that was shit. kind of the case. La- I mean, last last night after Portland's loss, I mean, yeah, it was quieter than a win, but guys were still at B. Guys were confident. They started talking about the Warriors game, and you know they they're, they're acting like uh, kids, you know, talking about other NBA players, even though they're in the NBA, which was kind of cool to see. Like they're having fun with it. Um, they they really like each other. Um, so that's my takeaways. Even after a loss. Um, you know, still pretty upbeat and confident, and, and that comes from your leadership. That comes from Oladipo and uh, McMillan on on up, and I think that's a good thing moving forward. And, and for me, just to close it out, I'm going to repeat what Fachi said last week. Guys, get in the gym and hit some free throws. I mean, for crying out loud, it's ridiculous. I'm sick and tired of watching us miss free throws. I mean, not that you're not going to miss free throws throughout the game, but at this rate, it's pretty awful. And you know what? I mean, I think this team has got talent. They're right there. Now, they keep getting overlooked. Everybody that I keep listening to nationally, they're talking about Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston. And then they say, well, Philly's got the talent, but what are they going to do to fix it? And then they're like, oh, yeah, and Indiana's right there too. But they don't ever really talk about it. So, you know what? I I mean, we saw the poll that I, that the Setting the Pace put out on Twitter, and most of the fans say they like being the underdog. So, you know what? That's fine with me. Keep us under the radar, and we'll just keep winning games and Go about our business like we always do. So as far as me and Tyler and Fachi, this is pretty much it. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find our podcast on iTunes. Yes, it's on iTunes now. So please subscribe, rate, and review, and let us know what you think of the show. And if you haven't already, you can follow us on uh, the Up and Under Podcast Network at UpAndUnder.net. So for me, Tyler, and Fachi, peace out, guys. We'll see you all later. Hit your free throw. See you later. Tune in tomorrow, ESPN. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.